the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with George Allman. Mark Mahaney is on hiatus, and David Ross is somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere, I think, at this point. On vacation. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. You know, I didn't even look at the weather on the way in. Well, I, it, I was, can't it was very foggy in Poway as I was leaving, but it cleared up as I got closer. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't foggy over in, in Scripps, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Didn't pay it was chilly. It was, according to the car, 54. Well, it's supposed to warm up this weekend, though, too, isn't it? It is, at least yeah. in Poway. I think as, yeah. as we were chatting, the weather this week for San Diego proper looks like it doesn't get out of the high 70s. Yeah, but I I had seen inland it was it was going to be up around 81, 82. So we'll see. Nice Thanksgiving weather. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, and we do have Thanksgiving coming up uh, this week, so hopefully everybody will enjoy that uh just a note both of the stores are going to be closed on on thanksgiving on thursday and the poway store actually closes early on wednesday we will close at three o'clock so if you have last minute plant needs before the holiday uh plan accordingly and get in get in before we close uh that being said we do have um point citizen stock in both stores so uh, those are going to be available um Christmas trees are due in Poway on Sunday morning, and then I think they're going to, I think they're going to San Diego after they drop in in Poway. Now, those um, are when you say Christmas trees; those are our cut the trees. cut Christmas trees. The living Christmas trees are already in stock, and we we received another big batch earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, from the pinery. Yeah, and then I had in, in discussions at uh, our accountant's office last week. Uh, it was brought up that there is a possibility of a of an artificial Christmas tree shortage this year, just because they're stuck in containers, containers off, the, off the off the coast of uh, California. Which I heard also that the the backlog of container ships off the coast is starting to encroach into San Diego County waters now. So the the ships are actually being anchored. They're queuing off, up this off, way, yeah. offshore of um, northern San Diego now. So which is Crazy. So, it is crazy. So. Indeed. Uh, let's see. What do we have going on today? Uh, classes today. Uh, we have in Poway, um, Ted from our San Diego store, who's our houseplant manager down there, is going to be coming up and doing a class on houseplants in Poway. And in San Diego, Olivia is going to be teaching a class on native plants. Um, I... And, you know, we've talked about this before. I was never a huge, I was never a a big fan of native plants. And they didn't even really start becoming popular as a a genre of plants until the early 90s when the first major drought hit Southern California. And then people started shifting over towards uh, drought-tolerant stuff. And there was a big call for natives. But at that time, there weren't very many people growing much. Um, but now, um, Musa Creek nursery up in, up in Fallbrook, who's our, probably our biggest native plant supplier. Right. Um, the diversity of the stuff that they grow is phenomenal. And I have a whole new appreciation for native plants now 
just because there's there's some really really nice stuff. Uh, there are some gorgeous the, plants. There's a, some there, beautiful what, plants. What people tend to you know you see when you go on a hike in a canyon, it's, particularly if you go in the summer and it's summer you know dormant, just plants that are gray and and almost leafless. If you know, with water in your yard and care, and the, as you mentioned, the diversity, there are some things with gorgeous flowers, uh, pretty foliage, great scent, like mm-hmm. some of those salvias we carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, uh, great selection of plants. No, there's there's some beautiful stuff, and like like you said, a lot of the natives, if they will survive, they will survive on minimal water or even drought conditions. They kind of look like it too. They 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 don't they don't look great. But if you give them just even just a a small amount of water during the season, they they look fantastic. Um, especially the sal. I'm I'm a huge fan of salvias now. There there's so much diversity in them. For everything from like a ground cover salvia to larger upright ones, um, white white salvia salvia pinia, um, and the color of the flowers too is and and hummingbirds and butterflies love them. I mean, they yeah, come I, from I have, all over the place. I have three. I I didn't plant them, but I have three uh, different uh, plantings of the uh, Catalina cherries, hollow leaf cherries on my mm-hmm. property in PQ, along with lemonade berries and toyons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't plant them. They've been there for decades now, and the, the amount of wildlife that comes to them is incredible. Toyons are beautiful. Uh, toyons another one of my favorite. I, and, um, and there's no Natives. care whatsoever. Mm-mm. No, you don't have to do anything to them. And you know, toyons almost look. Well, isn't toyon the common name California? That's not California holly, is it? It it, it is. It's also the uh, Christmas berry. Christmas, yeah, because right. they they're loaded with bright red. They have right. really dark green, really dark green, shiny, leathery foliage, and then the. They're loaded with little red berries, almost right. like pyracantha. I mean, exactly. They, they have a ton of berries on them. It's a that's a really good looking plant. I have it. I've, I've trained it as a large tree, and it, and it does very well. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, speaking of you know, you mentioned classes. This is for for the Poway store, and I believe San Diego as well. This is the last weekend for classes until we get into January. That's as true. We go into the holiday season. Yeah. And we do have a, a special class coming up. You mentioned Musa Creek in the latter part of January. Renee from Musa Creek is going to come. And teach about uh, care and culture, uh, and uh, putting in native plants in your yard. It should be a that'd be a great. It great should be an excellent class to uh, learn a little bit more about them. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 the more I learn about them, the the more I like them. They're they're a fascinating genre of uh, of plants. I, I like them as well. I'm, I'm I too am gaining a lot more appreciation. However, there are some that I still just find as you know, kind of weedy and. Yeah, there's some that just don't do anything. Right, but, but there's a lot, a lot that that are great uh, companions to your yard. You know, one of the one of the things that really surprised me too, and it, it wasn't until Moosa Creek came along, but the the number of varieties of manzanita that are available, and if you go to the Moosa Creek website, I, they must have. What thirty or forty different varieties of manzanita? I, I thought you were going to say ceanothus because that's what struck well, that's me. Another was one the number too. of ceanothus that there are, are out there right now. There, there, there's a tremendous diversity in in, in, in those height. Two. You know, twenty foot shrubs to little ground covers that get a foot tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's um, that. Oh, what's I can't remember which one of the manzanitas it is, but it, it only gets like six to eight inches tall. But it, well, I think it's emerald carpet. It might. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, fantastic plants. Um, they'll do. You can get natives to do just about whatever you want to, whatever you need them to do. Whether it's a ground cover or a shrub or a tree. Um, and you know, as far as trees are concerned, one of my favorites is a Fremontodendron. The has the flannel foliage, kind of almost looks like a liquid amber type okay. leaf to it, but it's kind of flat. What's kind, the common kind of, name? I don't know what the okay. common name, but it has a beautiful sulfur yellow flower on it. Oh, it's about like a flannel bush almost. Yeah, right? flannel okay, bush. Yeah, got exactly. It. Yeah, got it. yeah. That's a that's a spectacular, spectacular plant. A really really nice plant. Uh, but it, it gets big too. And actually, there, I think it's out by the tiger enclosure at the Wild Animal Park, which I guess is now the Safari, Safari Park. park right? Safari Park. Uh, they had some big ones out there. I have to take a look. We were just out there a couple of weeks ago. 
It's it's been years it's since I since I've seen them, but I'm pretty sure they were out by the uh, out by the uh, tiger enclosure. They they had some big, pretty much tree form uh, of those plants out there. Uh, let's see what else we have going on. You know, I did not check the botanical garden or the botanical garden foundation website to see if there's anything going on in Balboa Park today. I might do that at the uh, during the break. Uh, but that is up and running. Um, you had uh, the 20 low light house, was it? Right, 20, our Wednesday who, Wisdom so this was, past week. on uh, was, was houseplants. Houseplants. I thought it would be a nice segue for Ted coming up to teach us the class, get some people asking questions mm-hmm. about it. Uh, one of the common um, questions we get when people come in is, I, I have this, or Comments. I have this low light section in my office, my house that I, you know, I want to plant. I put a plant in. Will it survive? Which one of these will survive? So we put together. Well, we didn't. We we found a, a good list of uh, twenty plants that do well, and we could touch base on some of those if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of. I love a couple of the low light plants, and I'm not an indoor house plant guy, but there are some mm-hmm. plants that just are so easy, like the Sensevaria, as it, for oh, example. Oh, super easy snake plant. I have had some uh, um, in PQ that are, I think, 35, 40 years old. Really? And, and I've had them flower occasionally, which is, you know, the, it happens. But Yeah, and the the flowers on most of them are incredibly fragrant, too, yeah. when, 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 they, when they do come. And it comes home. as a surprise if you're not expecting them to flower, because you could have them for 10 years, and then you would think some weed or something got in there, and because it, it comes up uh, and, and, and shoots out and starts flowering. You have no yeah, idea. They don't, yeah, you, it's, not, it's not something that happens very very common. Uh, and there's a, a huge variety of sense of areas too. Far more than and, I thought. Yeah. Uh, from the, from the taller flat leaf ones to the smaller one, the shorter ones that look almost like a rosette, the way that they grow. Then there's the cylindrical ones. And there's a, the, the that whale tail. Like a, that's very flat and you know, like a yeah. back of a fish. Yeah. Um, great diversity in, in those plants. And like you said, they're, they're, extremely easy to very they, they, easy to grow one they really let you know if, if they need water otherwise yeah. they just exist yeah. yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a fantastic plant and low light situation um to relatively bright light they're yeah they just don't like full sun here especially if you're in the, yeah you know i guess east of the of the five but most of yeah. the other plants that were listed uh you know the, i mentioned the snake plant just because i i have a bunch of them um but Pothos does well. Yeah. Uh, another one that was listed was Staghorn Fern. And, and Brian and I, Brian Roberts, our, our buyer in, in Poway, got a discussion about stag, staghorns being an indoor plant because this is listed for indoor plants. And yeah. I know a few people that, that have done them inside, but most people grow them outside. Yeah, it's not something It's not something that I would choose for an indoor plant, just uh, mainly because watering. It, it, yeah, you have to you, take it off the wall take and it off the wall, put it in the shower out. for a while. And yeah, then and let, let it dry. drain. Yeah, it um, seems a little tedious. It, it, that would be that would be very tedious. I, I have no doubt that you could do it. But. Particularly as they get large. I mean, I, I have one that's three or four feet wide. Yeah, uh, not not something that you can easily go and pick up and move around. And they get you know they get incredibly heavy as they get bigger because basically the as those shields build up on the back, it's just like a an ever expanding sponge. Yeah. And they just hold so much water. Uh, they don't look that big, but man, they are. They can be really heavy. They yes sir. When you're they when do. you're trying to move yeah. them around. And then you you know trying to remount them, I guess it gets you know if you have an apartment, I guess it's something if you want to put it inside if you don't have the outdoor space, you can do it, but as it gets larger, you may have to separate it and, and give some away. Yeah, I would I would think so. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, when we, we're going to take a break here in just a, few, in just a minute. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the 2022 Rose selections. The Rose list is out. It is published on the website. If you go to, if you go to the website, I'm trying to remember where it is on the website. It's actually on the front page. There's a little link where there was. Or if I know if you go up to plant, if you go up to plants and products and then go down to plant lists, you'll find it there. You'll also find the uh, 2022 fruit tree list. Those are 
and with both, as is the case with both of those lists, that is what we are ex- what we have on order and what we are expecting, what we actually get may be different. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with George Allman. Uh, David Ross is in South America, and Mark is on hiatus. Um, now, Bre- Brendan did a great job with that song. That was a perfect did. lead-in. A perfect lead-in to the uh, 2022 rose selections for this year. And hey, I just do my best over here. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> I was looking through the I was looking through the list when when it first came out, and I was surprised there are only three. There are only three new introductions on roses this year, which is unusual because there's usually, I don't know, six, eight, or ten. A different bit more, ones. yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic that they just were not able to bring stuff to market or what the story was. Um, a lot of, a lot of your old favorites are going to be back, so if you want to, if you want to pick those up, uh, you can do that as well. But the new ones that the new ones that we have coming in, or we are expecting, one of them is called Forever Amber. Um, it's an orange, orange florabunda, uh, decidedly frilly, full-bodied blooms. Uh, are old-fashioned in appearance, neat, rounded, bushy habit that fills beautifully with leaves, uh, leaving no gaps between the branches, and is ideal for hedging or as a component of a shrub border. Hardy, low-maintenance rose, uh, long-lasting colors. And very strong resistance to disease, such as rust, downy mildew, and powdery mildew. And it has a fruity fragrance to it. Um, I have not seen the picture of that. I, I haven't seen the picture of any of these yet. I just have not looked for them. Um, it, the, well, for those that have the website open, that is available on the website. The photo, oh, that is. The, the photos the, are there the on the website. The photos are on the website. Right. Yeah, that is true. I guess I could just open that up and take a look at that. Um, I think Midnight Fire was the next one. You're right. Correct? Midnight Fire is the next one. Uh, buds open to orange petals with purple overlay uh, that gives a smoky appearance to it. But that, now that's a small rose. That's like that's a, a yeah. It's a miniature rose. Right. Yeah. Miniature rose. Almost like a carpet rose. Yeah. Um, and then there's one more somewhere. Uh, pop, pop, pop art. art. Pop art. Uh, which is grandiflora. Uh, non-clustering grandiflora, which I didn't think grandifloras were clustering anyway. I thought that was floribundas that were were the Typical clustering ones. Uh, lush flowers grow one to a stem, not together in bunches. Long-lasting colors, very strong resistance to disease, um, rust, mildew, downy mildew, and powdery mildew. Uh, and it's pink with uh, pink with yellow stripes. It's an interesting-looking flower. Uh, I'm looking at it. That may have to get added to the collection. I'm not a big pink rose guy, but this one's unique. Four and a half feet tall, too, so it's yep. a... So that's a good sized rose, and it's supposed to have a fruity fragrance. Yes, moderately fruity fragrance on top of that, and you know it's interesting looking through the looking through the rose list, and one of the and some of the ones that pop up are the old AARS roses, which is the All American Rose Selection, and I can't remember when they stopped doing that, but it's been a number of years now that they they have not been doing the All American Rose Selections, and I'm not sure why. Why they stopped? I don't. I don't know what happened there. But that was that was one of the things that people used to look for 
in a, in a row in, selection. In, in, a, in a row selection yeah. was whether it was an AARS rose, and some of the some of the ones that that have been out for a while that had that selection. Angel Face is one which I didn't even realize that Angel Face came out in 1969. I didn't think it was that old, but maybe I'm just older than I thought I was. <laughs> um, Brandy's another another one that's been very popular for years. Um, Cherry Parfait came out in 2003. Yeah, the one that that I remember being one and is one of my favorite red roses is Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, Mr. Lincoln's an incredibly outstanding fragrant rose. rose. The the you know, short of insect damage, the the flowers are spectacular. Mr. Lincoln, Huge. another one that's another one in that category that I think is outstanding is Chrysler Imperial. Uh, that's a rose that's been out since 1953 as well. It Beautiful deep red color, uh, also very fragrant. Incredibly fragrant. Um, Double the lights, another ARS rose that came out, and that's to probably to this day that's probably the most popular rose that we sell. I think we, we, we sell. We more have double- one of those that I actually just finally put in the ground that it's been in pot forever. Yeah, and, and I don't, and David and I have gone back and forth on this for for years. I I don't get it. I mean it it's. It's a nice rose, but I don't understand why it's as popular as it is. But I, think it, I think it's a pretty rose. It's one of the most popular ones that that we sell year in and year out. Um, now, I my dad had been to the rose garden in Portland at one time and took pictures of Double Delight in Portland. And Double Delight in Portland doesn't look anything like Double Delight in San Diego does. So the... The weather and the climate has a lot to do with it. And the double delight, just double, like wine, just double like wine, wine. Right? Uh, double delight in Portland. Now, then I can almost see why the attractiveness, so, the attractiveness of it. Because it, it, so it, maybe it's it's it's, it's very popular flower. across the country because of the, the different you know uh, climatic conditions versus what you see here in San Diego. That could very well be. Um, Easy does it as another one that was in 2010. So we're we're getting closer. I don't. I don't think we carried uh, or are going to carry red intuition this year. But that is a another strikingly beautiful rose that we have in the ground. The, that is a yeah. That isn't yeah. that is a nice one. I yeah. I don't think I. I don't think, think we're it, carrying it this year. It may not be coming in. May not be coming in this year. But uh, if you want to see what we what we are expecting, it is available. The rose list with photos is available on the website uh, the for most of the roses it does we don't have pictures of the of the david austin roses no we don't um and you know the it, the david austin roses are kind of interesting because they they tend to be somewhat somewhat rangy they're not a little leggy they're they're a little bit leggy although um out at the barona rose garden they're not no the, the way they grow them out there they're they're beautiful. the The plants themselves and the flowers on them are just absolutely beautiful. They, he I think he does them, a really good job with them out there. Yeah, I th- and actually, he being uh, David Lund, who we've spoken of before, he actually is retired from that job. Oh, he did. Yes. So I don't know who's doing it now. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Now we, we were expecting. We have a list of fourteen David Austin roses that we're expecting to come in. I don't know whether, as you mentioned earlier, whether we get them all, but there are fourteen. Uh, selections well there was a big question last year as to whether or not we were going to get any right because they had not decided they had not decided how they were going to distribute them last year so i'm hoping that they're they're going to ship again this year but we'll we'll see um there was there was definitely some debate as to what was what was going to happen last year i think one of the things that that david did at the uh, barona as you were i think alluding to is how, how beautiful they look is he has them in groups some of them are two or three together and make a makes a big mm-hmm. shrub of david austin roses his climbing roses out there are amazing too on the pergolas that they oh, have yeah. oh just unbelievable if you haven't been out to the if you haven't been out to the rose garden in at barona it's definitely worth a trip probably not in that much color this time of the year, right. but in the springtime, it it should be amazing. Uh, and when you go out to Barona, it it's the you can't really see the rose garden from the main parking area. It's behind the parking structure, but you just walk through the parking structure or walk around the parking structure, and you'll find it. And it it is 
it is beautiful. They yeah. they do a really really nice job. I, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that it's a it's a hidden beauty, a hidden it, gem. It, it absolutely is hidden. Uh, one thing to be aware of, though, um, you have to be eighteen to be on the grounds. Of oh, I didn't the, even realize that. Yeah, he, he, I, um, David had mentioned that when when we were talking about the when we were talking about it. You you need to be eighteen to be on okay. the grounds of the casino. So not a not a don't take not the a place not a, a, not, a, not a place <laughs> to take the kids. Yeah. Uh, but if if you're out in the back country and and looking around and looking for something to see, I would highly highly recommend it. But like like I said, I I would wait until I would wait until springtime because this time of the year they should be should be getting cut back. Which I, I I need to go through and cut back all of my roses. I haven't haven't done that this year. I didn't do it last year either. So I'm, I'm somewhat neglectful in that in that regard uh, but this is the this is the time time of year to do it also to start thinking about dormant spraying for right. disease control and, and if you have any doubt as to how to do that uh, both stores will be able to help you but we do have a class coming up in Poway uh, in January from with uh, Celeste from EB Stone and she is their rose expert and, and does a mm-hmm. great presentation on on roses rose care so keep that uh, in the back of your mind for if you if you want to wait to that class before you attack it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we're we're very happy just to very happy to answer questions for you, um, give you advice. You know, prun- pruning roses is actually much easier than people make it out to be. Um, very much so. It's a it's a very simple process. When, once you get the once you have the basic idea of what you're trying to do. It it doesn't take any time at all. And, and spraying actually is similar spraying to doing your fruit trees. Yeah, you, you can go out and do your fruit trees and your and your roses the same day. Yeah, spraying is is pretty is pretty simple uh, for the most part. And and today you don't even need to have a sprayer. Most of the most of the sprays that you need you can get with the hose and sprayer already attached to it. And unlike the Unlike the ready to use, which comes in a trigger sprayer, the ready to spray, which comes with the hose end sprayer already attached, it's concentrate in the bottle. So you, it's very economical to use, and you don't have to you don't have to clean the sprayers out. You're done when you're done with it. You just put the thing on the shelf and wait until the next time you use it. It's a pretty simple to use. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be taking some phone calls when we come back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, Here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with George Allman. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We are going to head uh, out to Hamul, where Kelly is waiting. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We're good. What can we do for you? Okay. So I have a property, and I want to block the neighbors. Okay. So um, I need about 30 feet high. It's about 25 feet across. I need some trees that are 30 foot high, about, and, you know, thick, and it's full sun. Um, I was looking at carrot wood or the Carolina cherry, or yeah, I'm just not sure. And Car- I want it to be easy to maintain in little water, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, the, and no the, pest ever. Yeah, that that might perfect tree. That might be how how wide can they get? That's one. Of, that's one of the questions. 
Well, the, this, the area is um, like 30 feet across, 25 to 30 feet across. Okay, so, so it's... A- so it's a pretty it's a pretty good you don't need something that's that's real columnar then so you you've got so you've got some room for it to spread out oh yeah okay um probably one of the fastest things that you that you could put in to to cover that space would be uh tipuanas um but they but they're the, semi deciduous they're semi deciduous uh they they do tend to lose some foliage uh but for a very short period of time uh but they grow like crazy and, and they produce a, a really really dense canopy um the carrot woods would probably do okay but i think they're going to be a they're going to be slower in growing especially to the height that you want them to get um what about an alilandi cypress which is evergreen which is evergreen but they're, they're not as easy to find that they're, they're that not size? That, that they're not easy to find anymore for okay. some reason um Camphor tree, camphor tree would work too. Camphors are great, and they're, they're mostly evergreen. Yeah, they are pretty. Yep. They are pretty much evergreen. Uh, nice big dense canopy, um, and even the the uh, Monterey Bay brush cherries, the Eugenias. the Eugenias, they will get they will get that height to them. I've got them. I've got some planted in my side yard between my house and the neighbor's house, and they're they're very columnar, very upright growing. But the ones I have have got to be close to forty feet. Uh, and they're relatively fast growing as well. That was the Eugenia. Yeah, the Monterey Bay brush cherry. There's re- there's regular Eugenias, and then there's the Monterey Bay brush cherry variety. The Monterey Bay brush cherry variety is far superior um, to just the regular Eugenias. Uh, regular Eugenias are extremely susceptible to um, Eugenia psyllid. The Monterey Bay brush cherry isn't is so. isn't as much. And then that's. A col- like a column. Yeah, it's very upright. You, you you can get a little bit of spread to them if you top them, uh, but for the most part, they grow very upright. So it would be it would be almost like a tall, a very tall hedge. And they can be sheared as a hedge. They're very resilient. Yeah, so you'll see them in formal gardens as hedges. Yeah. Okay, I that might work for another. I have about five areas that I need to <laughs> cover on two different <laughs> okay. properties. So okay. I'm a fan of the different pine trees because I, I, I they're evergreen. Uh, you can prune them up so you can walk underneath them. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I don't need to walk underneath them, and I'd li- actually like it to. I wouldn't trim them at the base at all. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. The yeah. the tipuanas, the the carrot woods, and the camphor trees are all gonna. They they are gonna have some trunk to them. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go all the way down to the ground. Um. If you've been to the Poway store near the chickens, that big, massive canopy tree that's near the chickens is, in fact, a that tip- is a tipuana. And there's some out in the parking lot as right. well. They get quite large. They're quick, as Ken said, they're quick growers. They can be a little messy, but if you've got the property, that's not an issue. Uh, but I, they are they I are actually, naked in the spring. Oh yes, yeah, so you don't want that. I, I need them to be like you know green all year, and I honestly don't care that much about the fa- the, the the growth. If it's slower and it takes ten years, it's fine. It's for a rental property. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then, you, well, Ken, you, what about a podocarpus? Pod, oh, pod, podocarpus gracilia. Yeah, yeah. That, maybe that, a podocarpus. Yeah, podocarpus would do really well. Uh, nice evergreen, fairly fast growing, uh, extremely dense, extremely dense canopy. Difficult uh, to see through once you get those. Yeah, up. yeah. They, they, and and they do grow. They do grow pretty quickly as well. That's a, that's another po- one to consider. And it's podocarpus. What? Gracilior. G R G R A C I L O R. There's another one called uh, Podocarpus hinkeli, uh, and that's going to be more. That's going to be more of an up, more more columnar. It's still going to get some spread to it, but it's going to be more columnar, uh, and heavier foliage, uh, very dense, uh, very nice. It does make a very nice screening tree. Um, I've got some in my yard uh, between my house and the neighbors, and and it, they do they do very well. Uh, but if you just want something that's going to get big and dense and green uh, all year round, the Gracilier would be the one that I would go with. Okay, perfect. Can I ask you one more question? Certainly. <laughs> okay, good. So my nephew is really into the Carolina ch- cherry things, I think, or laurel, cherry laurel. Is that mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's using it to block his neighbors. But would that be good or not really? What do you think? Yeah, what do you think, George? Well, 
I, I don't particularly care for them that much, but that's just me. Oh. But they, oh, the they Car- are Carolina great, chair. Yeah, yeah, but they're great. Yeah. I mean, they'll do exactly what they make a nice hedge, and they can be sheared as a formal hedge if you want, or you can let them turn into small trees. Oh, they're they're not that tall. Not overly tall, no. no. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, perfect. I really appreciate it, man. I could probably ask you 20 more questions, but I'll let you go. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anything. Oh, oh go ahead. What, where is this Moose Nursery? Where is this? Moose Creek. They're a, they're a wholesale nursery. They're, they're, they specialize in native plants, and they are up in, they're in Fallbrook. Uh, I think their website is Musa, is it Musa Creek Nursery dot com? It's Musa Creek Nursery. Yeah, but if, if you do if you do a do a Google search for Musa Creek and that's M O O S A, um, they have their availability online. And if it's if there's something that you want that we don't have in stock, you can actually order it from them, and we get deliveries from them weekly. They will send the plants in tagged for you, and then we we'll give we give you a call when they come in, and you can come in and pick them up. Uh, oh, how perfect. Okay, so well, actually one other question. Do you, do you guys do site visits? I have two properties, like I said, and I need, like, there are five different areas where I really need trees, like along fences that are underneath, you know, eucalyptus trees in the shade, and then mm-hmm. another one that's only six feet wide, and then another, et cetera, et cetera. Do you guys do that or no? We do. We do have a service. Uh, David Ross, uh, one of our co-hosts, he's the one that he's the one that does that. It's called Yard Doctor Service. Um He's in South America until December tenth. So, but, he's, that, but that service is really a, a care and culture, more care and culture, not he a design. Can, he can. Yeah, it's not uh, designed, but he can give you suggestions. Yeah. The other thing that you can do too is if you take some photographs of the areas that you're trying uh, uh, that you're trying to fill in, um, uh-huh. you can bring them into the customer service counter, and we'd be happy to take a look at them and make some suggestions and so show you some things that would fit as well. Okay, and there's no char- there is no charge for that. There is a char- if David comes out to your property, there is a charge. But um, right, if, right. You, if you come into the store, we don't charge you. Okay, perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know, but I was going to say, you know, the Carolina um, cherries, they can be taller trees if you let them get that way. Yeah. Like, yeah otherwise, but- you can make small little patio trees out of them or you shear them as a nice form. I've hedge. always seen them more as a, more as a hedge type. As plant. have I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going to go up to Vista where Fran is waiting. Good morning, Fran. How are you? Good morning, guys. Um, this is the first time I've gotten to call in because I didn't know where you were on the radio station since you changed channels. So I'm oh. so happy to get a hold of you. Oh, glad you found uh, us. I have a question on roses. Certainly. Um, I had 34 roses. Now I'm down to three because over the years when I went away, something could happen and I'd lose a whole bunch of them. So the spots that the old roses have been, um, I have mulch that I brought in, uh, not mulch, um, compost from El Corazon or in Oceanside or AgriService, and I put that in. I want to mix it in. What else would I do to the soil? Because I have heavy clay here, so I know that the compost will help it, but what else would I put in? You know, the only thing that I can, the the compost is going to be the biggest component to it, and that's going to help a lot. The other thing that you that I would recommend doing is adding some gypsum to the soil, whether you okay. you whether you use powdered gypsum or or um, prilled uh, pelletized gypsum. Either one of them would wor- either one of them would work. The gypsum helps to chemically loosen up and break up clay soils. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's an actual chemical process that that happens there. Also helps. Um, also helps lower the pH a little bit as well. Um, but other than between those two, I think that's pretty much all you would really. And if need. you're, if you're putting the if you're putting like the roses, I'm sorry, if you're putting the roses in at the same time, then some Ada Perrys. Yeah, some Ada Perrys, and then so, yeah, and then roses. get on a get on a regular feeding schedule with them during the growing season from spring through fall. Uh, we usually recommend Grow Power uh, for roses. It, it's a fantastic fertilizer. Does a does a really good job with them. Okay, so I have the roses from last year, but I took two falls, so I never got a chance to transplant it. They're doing great, but I want to get them in the ground. And since you're saying you've got the new catalog coming, I mean, you have them in, and uh, you'll be getting the roses, then I'm going to come in and buy a whole bunch. So I'm going to prepare all the the um, places where I'm going to put them. I'm going to do it now so when the rains come, it's going to really get a good. And then that way I'm prepared when you bring in the roses, and I'll 
be able to hopefully, barring any more falls, <laughs> be <laughs> able to transplant them where they're being. So I'm so glad that I found you guys again, and I can listen to you on Saturday mornings. And I really miss this a lot. So well, we're we're glad you found us as well. And if you miss a show, you can always go to the KCBQ website, and the the podcasts for the show or shows are there, so you can listen to them anytime you want. Oh, fantastic. That's even better. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, You're listening to to Garden Talk here on KPRZ and KCBQ. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I think that's a pretty good segue. The zombies going into uh, into the corpse flower. Into the corpse flower. Yeah, and we're gonna perfect. Go, we're going to go up to the San Diego Botanical Garden where John Clements is waiting. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning, Ken and George. I'm great. How are you doing? We're doing good. So great. you got an update on the corpse flower for us. I do. Uh, Stinking Beauty, the sister to Jack Smellington, opened <laughs> night before last. And uh, it was a slower opening, but the smell was probably twice as intense as the other flower. It was really, really potent the night that it opened. And one of the most interesting things that happened, if you go to the San Diego Botanic Garden website, uh, this is something that I've never known to have happened. This thing was smoking. The, The spadix of the flower was literally smoking because they have a mitochondrial chemical reaction that heats up that spadix, and then that is what causes the compounds to be released that cause the stink. And if you go to our website, there were several instances where these volatile compounds were literally vaporizing and coming off of the spadix, which was just flat-out amazing to see. That is crazy. That is cool for plant that, nerds right there. That, that, that is, is impressive. That is that is really impressive. So it, it, it opened Wednesday night then? Yes, correct. That's and, and that's where, uh, that's right when you were predicting it to predicting it to open too, as I recall. Right. Yeah. And or no, technically, I'm sorry. It was Thursday night. Oh, Thursday night. Up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Thursday night it opened up, and so uh, it's fully open today. And then by tomorrow, it'll begin to collapse and close up. But if people want to go see this thing, uh, they need to go to the San Diego Botanic Garden website and then uh, get a reservation. And we'll be open until 10 o'clock tonight uh, for viewing, and then until 7 o'clock tomorrow. Now, has the, um, I, I take it the, the fragrance has uh, subsided. subsided somewhat <laughs> at this point? It has. It's, it's almost not noticeable. Once you come during the day, the smell was really diminished substantially. If you want to experience the smell, you have to do it the night that it opens well i know i know the day that we went out that melanie and george and i came out to see it uh when the first one opened it you could you could get a a hint of the you could get a hint of the smell of it but it it really wasn't it wasn't overpowering at all and it certainly wasn't smoking no hey john on on the prior one you had taken some temperature readings and i think you said maybe up to 97 degrees what was this one uh recorded as well Uh, this one hit 98 degrees 
And uh, when it got hot, that's when that volatilization was happening and it was vaporizing the compounds out. And uh, as I say, we we do have video of that on our website. We were all stunned. I mean, it it was truly a a once-in-a-lifetime experience to see such a thing. So that was really cool for a plant nerd. Yeah, that that is that is really neat. Now, were you were you able to uh, attempt to pollinize this one as well? We did, uh, and our director Brandy waited until about three o'clock in the morning. Oh wow! Because we we didn't get any pollination happen uh, the first time because uh, we went too early. We think, and so uh, as the night went on past midnight, that's when things really started to happen with the flower. And so she attempted some uh, fertilizing of the flowers, and we'll see how it goes. Well, I, we've got our fingers crossed that you're going to get some seed off of that one. Yeah, thank you. You know, it was interesting. Um, it wasn't too long after it wasn't too long after we had made our visit up there. Uh, one of our regular customers in the Poway store is Mike Letzring. He's one of the horticulturalists at the San Diego Zoo, and I was I was talking to him and asked if he had gone out to see it, and he said he he did not. He wasn't able to get out to the botanical garden to see it, but he had seen the one in bloom up at Huntington, and he told me they have 11 of them at the San Diego Zoo. Um, But one of the problems that they have is he had read somewhere, and I can't remember if you had mentioned it or not, but he said he had mentioned that for those to bloom, the tuber has to weigh at least 20 pounds, which is a pretty good-sized tuber no no matter how you look at it. Um, but the problem they have is getting a tuber that size. They keep theirs in the greenhouse at the at the zoo, um, but their greenhouse isn't paved. It has a, it has a gravel surface. So to get a, a container of any size, they can't move it. They can't move it by hand, and they can't drive the forklift into the greenhouse because it'll get stuck in the gravel. So there, that's one of the things that they're constrained by up there, which I thought well, interesting. which it was interesting. Yeah, they do take a, a long time to bulk up that corn. Once it's bulked up, then you really will get pretty good repeat flowering. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, just just the foliar growth that comes off of those things is in a single am- season is it, yeah. amazing. It, it it's yeah. incredible. Because uh, I think the I think the one that we have in the store in Poway might be in a. I think it's maybe an eighteen inch pot. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a huge container, but the plant is enormous uh, that comes off of that it it's just a it's a phenomenal it's a it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal specimen uh it, the the plant itself john do you have any idea of how how large the yours are the the tubers on yours and the weight you know they're really large uh, they're probably uh 18 inches across oh my word um and probably 25 pounds 30 pounds wow that... uh, it takes it takes three of us to lift uh, Jack Smellington. Uh, it's in a big tub, like a half oak barrel, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, that size, you know. And uh, it takes three of us to lift it up. Wow! Now, that was one of the questions I had. When the flower fades, does it basically just collapse onto itself, and then the it, the plant goes into a dormant period? It does. the The spadix begins to tip over, and it just loses all of its turgidity, and then the flower collapses. And had we had pollination happen, then it would be uh, just the kind of the stump of the the uh, peduncle at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it would have the seeds forming there. And it looks sort of like a corn cob with corn kernels on it, and uh, and that stays as long as you had some fruit forming. That will last for many months, and uh, and if not, then the whole thing just disappears and kind of rots off again. Interesting. Interesting. Now, when when they do go dormant, you keep them. You keep the plants on the dry side. We do. We let them dry out just slightly. We we keep them, you know, moderately moist, but we don't keep them wet. And then when the, then once once you see, like with ours, you see the the new growth starting to come up. Then that's when you start start watering them again on a regular basis and and get them growing. Correct. Once we start to see the new growth, we'll water and we'll begin to feed it. So Ken was getting all of the good tips from you just now so that we can do make sure that ours start to bloom here in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, yours looks great, by the way. I, I'm very impressed. 
Yeah, it's it it, it, it still looks it's it, a it gorgeous still, plant. It still looks still looks good. And uh, next year we're not going to be able to keep it on the shelf. I think we're going to have to put it on the we're going to have to put it on the ground because um, it's all the way it is now. It's already up into the into the rafters of the of the store. And it, it's funny it's it's not centered underneath the the skylight that that's above it. But as it started growing, man, it 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 moved right right towards the skylight trying to get as much light as it possibly could. No, oh, that's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a neat plant. It's a neat plant. We're re- really happy that you've been so successful with them, John. I, I'm hoping that they'll bloom again in the not-too-distant future so more people can experience it because, it, like you said, it really is a – it re- it really is an experience to see it. I, a unique I opportunity to get to it's view it. One of, it's one of the one of the neatest plant related things I can think of that I that I've experienced in my lifetime was going to see that. Well, and now that I know that the thing will smoke if you stay late <laughs> enough, that that would be a really neat thing for people to experience. That would be something else. I don't know that I would want to smell it, but I th- I think it would be something to see. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are going to start a twenty four hour. Um conservatory garden tour you know or maybe we'll start to have uh the spend the night there you know have sleeping slumber party overnight with the corpse flower there you go there you go john thank you very much for giving us a call and giving us an update yeah thank you guys okay you have a great weekend you've been listening to garden talk on kcbq and kprz i'm ken anderson along with george allman uh we will not be here next weekend. Uh, it's going to be a pre-recorded show, uh, but we will be back after that. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.